This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You're listening to the Happy as a Mother podcast, and today I am excited to welcome Holly Blakey to the episode. Holly is the founder and owner of Breathing Room Organization, and she is a professional organizer. Now, this is one of the first times I've had someone like Holly, an organizer, on the show, and you might be wondering how that relates to maternal mental health. Well, I shared a graphic on mess and why mess is so triggering for you home with the babes and with toddlers, and it resonated so much. It got millions and millions of views and just kind of went bananas. And the main takeaway is that mess is really triggering. And as a mom, when you're going around cleaning up often mess that isn't yours, it gets like really redundant and it's Groundhog Day. It gets out of control. We don't know what to do with the mess sometimes. Enter Holly. Holly is here to rescue us, guys. She's got some really great, insightful, helpful tips, practical, helpful tips on how to manage things like all the clothes with kids as they're like growing out of different stages, the toy room, what the heck to do with your mail, all of these really practical things. And I've been putting some of these in place since doing the interview, and it's been so helpful. And I just feel more calm and at ease in my space knowing that these systems are in place. So I can't wait to dive into the interview with you guys. It's going to be so exciting. But before we do, let's get to the review of the week. This review comes from Mountain Queen, and it is titled Brilliant and So Needed. A brilliant and honest podcast looking at a fantastic set of topics, really needed by moms everywhere. You can tell a lot of effort has gone into this podcast and it makes all the difference. Subscribe now. Thank you so much for this review. And as always, guys, you know that this is how I get your feedback about the podcast and I know what topics are resonating and what you'd like to hear more about. Um, Yeah, share. Take a minute. Review. Share with me your thoughts. You guys can help shape the next topics by showing me what you're interested in. Thank you for this review. And let's hear my interview with Holly. Welcome to the Happy as a Mother podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you cope with the load of motherhood. I'm your host and registered psychotherapist, Erica Jossa. Let's work together in letting go of shame and guilt, accepting where we are in our journey, and moving towards becoming the women we want to be. We will hear from experts, learn practical tips, and listen in on honest conversations. Please note that the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not replace the advice of your healthcare provider. Okay, let's dive in. Holly, thank you so, so much for joining us today. I like stalked you as soon as I could. (laughs) Like, okay. So for those who need a little bit of context, we've been talking about mess on Happy as a Mother on the Instagram page and on the Facebook page. And as I was telling you off air before, it just kind of went bananas, this post, millions of views, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of shares. Um, And the post was about why mess is so triggering for us. So um, it's become a really big topic. And you are a professional. Well, you own a business of home styling and professional organization. Your Instagram page is like the dreamiest page I've seen. It's gorgeous. So, so happy to have you with us. So happy to be here. And I love the topic. When I went and scrolled through your page and talked, it was like rage cleaning. I just started laughing so hard. I mean, I've had a well, few of those. <laughs> I was going to say, as a mom of three little ones, or I don't know how well you're going to share with us in a moment, like I'm sure you can totally relate. And I love that about you as well. And and why I've reached out and connected is you're a mom, like you told me earlier, 90% of your clients and home organization clients are moms. And like, I'll raise my hand and say, just like the next mom, I need help when it comes to the clutter and the mess because this space in my home was my own space before these little, you know, gremlins showed up and took over with all their stuff. And it's hard enough to organize our own stuff, let alone all of these things that are coming in and out with different sizes and different types of toys we're into and all of that. Right. So 
why don't you tell us a little bit about like, how does one stumble into the home organization business? Like, tell me a little bit about your story and yeah, yeah, how you came to be here. I'm so excited to be here and um, I'm excited to be talking to moms. So home organizing is very popular right now, which is a great thing to be popular. Marie Kondo with, even before the Netflix series, she had her book out, you know, it kind of caught on fire with, I shouldn't say everybody, that's an exaggeration. I have some friends who are hoarders and they like hold true to it and they love it. But a lot of people feel so much better of being organized. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, I actually think it's such an awesome, awesome thing that home organizers are popping up everywhere because I kind of see them almost like therapists, right? Like if there's a lot of professional organizers in one area and if somebody comes to me like, Hey, I want to be a professional organizer, but oh, there's like a professional organizer, like in the next city, I'm like, awesome. Like MFTs and therapists need to be everywhere because almost everybody could benefit from them. You know, right. I right. kind of feel like that way about organizers. So there's never, um, too many and anybody who wants to become one, I think go for it if it's your passion. So that's my little, um, caveat, but so <laughs> I came into it. I've always loved it. Like I was the seven year old who would go to sleepovers and want to tidy up the bedroom for my friend, like before we like went to bed, you know, or (laughs) like, I remember I was actually telling my husband this, we were, um, we ran into a friend that I went to elementary school with like randomly and sweetest, sweetest person. I was like, Oh my gosh, do you know that I think like for her 12th birthday, I gave her a brand new duvet cover because like (laughs) I thought she would really love that. And, um, that's amazing. Like, like what a weird little kid you were. Um, so I just loved creating order. And I'll say that, you know, um, you being a psychologist, I think part of that was my like little kid brain was always going so fast that I found such calmness from creating order. You know, my parents would go out on a date night and I'd rearrange my furniture or, you know, I'd organize my closet. And so I never thought it was going to be something. I never thought it was a career. Like didn't think of it as a career. I actually got my um, degree in psychology and I worked with autistic kids. I did applied behavioral analysis for years. And, you know, what's interesting about that is um, I experienced through my years working with um, children on the spectrum that they were calmer in order. It's Um, so interesting. You're right. In routine, in structure, in order. Yeah. Yes. And that's like, you see, um, or you've probably heard, you know, kids on the spectrum or even even kids not on the spectrum, putting things in order, putting things in colors, you know, and um, I just could like really relate to that. And I wanted to create that for them sense of calm. Um, So I left that career and I went into public relations, (laughs) which, you know, psychology works in that field too, but it was, was in this, in San Francisco, high tech clients. And I hated it. I loved who I worked with. I loved the relationships and I hated it. It was too fast for me. If I'm completely honest, like too much change, not enough structure, maybe. Yeah. Yes. And the rate at which like, they just came out with a new solid state storage, (laughs) you know, like you got to get on, you know? So I remember at my work breaks, walking around the corner to the container store and just kind of go like walking in and being like, Oh, like so <laughs> happy. And I was like, this is way better than like, like security, like computer security, you know, like what am I doing? Right. So, but I didn't leave it because I was making more than my husband. Like I was pretty high up. I loved my bosses. They were female. They were awesome. And then I got pregnant. I was the first person in my company to ever get pregnant. It was a very like male dominated industry and just there really wasn't room for motherhood. I remember when I got pregnant, I had to just make a decision because, you know, I think a lot of times we're sold the idea as women and this is like nothing like feminist or non-feminist, but I think I had been sold the idea. I can have it all. And I couldn't, there would always be a sacrifice. And I wanted, I've always been ambitious and wanted to love what I do, but I wanted to be like a calm, peaceful mother and wife as well. Mm-hmm. And I knew staying in that career, <laughs> like I wouldn't be. So I 
took a break and within like three months of having Ella, my first daughter, who's six now, I went back to teaching yoga just as like an interim thing. Like I needed the connection with other moms. I think as a first time mom, it's like really lonely. Your kid's not old enough to go to like the park and play. And I was really isolated. So I was like, okay, I'm going to teach yoga. I had been doing it like during PR for a while and just kind of like get my bearings of what I want to do. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then one day, you know, I was organizing like my house or a friend's house. And I was like, why not? I have the business experience. I can teach myself how to start a business, create a website, do all this, figure out, you know, budgeting. Side note, my husband is in finance. And so that's helpful. (laughs) Well, kind (laughs) of. I knew that if I was going to go to him with this idea of like, I'm not going to do PR anymore, which was like really good for our family income. I want to start my own business. I knew that I had to have a little bit of a business plan. And so I took like six months and I did a lot of research and I met people who were in industry and I created a business plan and I brought it to him. And I said, I basically did that also. So he couldn't say no. (laughs) And not that he doesn't want me to like follow my dreams. He's an amazing man, but he's so practical, like to a fault. So he knew that I was going to do and there was nothing going to stop him. And I I started and I've been really fortunate. I'm so grateful. I started five and a half years ago and it's been stop and go. I have a six-year-old, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And, you know, during pregnancies, I've had different health issues, gallbladder removal, back, you know, back pain. So there's been times I couldn't see clients. Um, But the beauty of social media is that you can generate revenue in other areas where you don't have to be in people's homes, virtual organizing or partnerships um, or sponsorships through brands. So that's been, as a mom, that's been so nice um, because, you know, when you're nursing every two hours, there's no way you're going to go into somebody's house and organize. Really lucky. Oh, interesting. It's so interesting. And I love that when you became a mom, so there's this whole term called matrescence, and it's the becoming of a mom, the identity shift into motherhood, Ooh, right? Yeah, and you're talking about like how you can't, we've been told that, you know, we can have it all, but we we kind of can't in a way. And one thing that motherhood really does is causes us to become firm in our values and actually what is important yes. to us. So that we are putting our time into Mm -hmm. the things that are actually the most valuable, right? Um, and And the things that we value might even shift when we become a mom. And that for somebody who is maybe really career oriented or goal oriented like myself might be mm-hmm. quite a a you know big shift for you. So mm-hmm. I love that your um your your values and your priorities shifted in that time and you have this this business of yours and this new I'm sure there's creative elements to it too, right? Like this oh, new creative business. So yes, it's so fun being able to the challenge of like, okay, I need to figure out coding to get this up on my website. You know, just things like for that. sure, for sure. I didn't know I could do that, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's fun and the design element, whether it's yeah the website or in people's homes, it's very, very satisfying, and I'm grateful for that because you know, to your point about once you become a mom and like kind of an identity shift. It was hard. It was so hard. And I didn't have a lot of other mom friends in my area to, you know, like I, it would have been so helpful to just to have like another mom cry to me about how like sad they were that, you know, they weren't like getting like quarterly reviews and a boss telling them like, good job, you know, and you have a little baby who you're just trying to keep alive, especially if you're a first time mom. Like, yeah, I I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do that, you know, and for sure stay, stay alive overnight. Okay. Like, Keep breathing. Yeah, um, of course. And so um, the yeah. identity shift and thing is huge. And, you know, the more I talk to moms and open up about that, it's been so great that they're like, oh, my gosh, like I didn't I thought that was just me. Yeah, um, yeah. And the more we talk about and think about the identity shift, the more um, it's not just in our minds and in ourselves, but it's literally everything that we do shifts, right? Like our time, our attention, our focus, and our homes. And this is something that resonated with so many moms Mm. because... Um, so many questions were coming in about things like, well, how do I organize it? And then I'm trying to like clean it up. And then my two-year-old's dumping all the buckets behind me as I go, right? 
So why don't we spend some time diving into um, some of the really practical tips because, oh goodness, there are some kind of problem areas. And I'm sure that as you work with families and work with moms in your home Mm -hmm. or when you're going into their homes, Mm -hmm. you come across common areas that are challenging for people, right? And I'm going to take a stab or guess at some of them, but you can correct me. Well, toy storage, um, Mm -hmm. moms were saying, clothing and closets, paperwork and artwork. So let's dive in. Where should we start? Do you think? Yeah. Let's start with a playroom, right? Okay. Especially if you have multiple kids that are multiple ages and even as much as you want things to be gender neutral, like it's amazing how my kids popped out like very girl and very boy. Right. (laughs) For sure. You know, I just did a playroom of a mom of three last week and she was awesome because I said, before I come, like, don't clean it up, you know, like, I, I want to see what it looks like when it's actually used so I can figure out how to create the systems and the solutions. And, you know, I walked in and she was so great. I mean, it was, it was like total bomb went off, which like, which uh, is probably what mine looks like the well, majority and the I, I want to clear up any misconception. <laughs> I get asked a lot if my home looks perfect. Um, no. <laughs> so just to give you like a glimpse today, this morning at eight, I had a teledoc appointment. I had to drop my kids off at eight 30. And then I went to a client at nine, nine to 12 30, picked up my kids, came home, ate lunch, came back here. So my house is not clean right now. Right. <laughs> like the kids were at it. Um, but I will say I do have systems and I think that's where, um, if you can have systems that work for you, it saves a lot of time and I think need. So, okay, back to the playroom. Yes, Um, I'm so interested about these systems now. (laughs) So, you know, I think you really have to take into account the age of your kids. Um, If you have little, little kids, you're always going to have to help them clean up. I think a a big thing that I hear from parents, and especially if your kids are on the cusp of like four, five, six, where you'd like them to clean up by themselves, you know, but they need their hand held. Um, make, if that's the case, you have little kids, make the systems work for you because you will be doing a lot of the cleaning or your spouse or your spouse. Or if you have, you know, a nanny, make them very easy to maintain. Mm-hmm. So with little kids, that means baskets. It means no lids. If there's a lid on that, not only are my kids not going to put it back, but like me at the end of the night, I'm going to be like, no, no, like I'm not even going to lift the lid of the basket. Right. So that's so interesting. So you would go for <laughs> baskets with no lids. Uh, that's mm-hmm. like a little hack. I wouldn't have thought of that. I, I mean, it's, that sounds nuts, but like, I mean, I even think of like, I look at my hamper and I'm like, to my husband, I'm like, wait, your socks are outside of the hamper. But like, how did you not get them in the hamper? You know, like at the end of the day, when we're really tired, like, if it's that much harder, we might not do it. Right. So it's true actually. Like, so I think about it, I've got these, like, um, these little organizing bins that have like four clips on either side. I bought them because I was getting sick and tired of my two, almost two year old dumping every toy inside. So I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to put a lid on it. Then he can't just like dump it all over the floor. Yeah. But now in like, even just psychologically, the idea of going into the cupboard, into these bins to open them up and put the toy back in it, Seems like so much work versus these other like Ikea bins that I have. Mm -hmm. I pull out and I throw everything in and just slide it back in. Right. Totally. It's so funny. So, and you know, I've done playrooms with those like beautiful white Nordic bins with the bamboo lids. And that was for a family that, you know, the youngest was like six and they had lots of things like little Legos, you know, and we could stack them and it was beautiful and they maintained them. But for me, like for me, and then a lot of, families with smaller kids, you know, those great cube cubby systems where you can slide bins in, those are awesome. And you can get them, you know, any kind of beautiful bin you want. You might have a lot of stuff and a lot of different color stuff, right? Like we like a clean look, the bright light, like kids stuff is not anything like that. It is every single color of the rainbow and a million pieces. And so to find some uniformity, which is visually very nice, just get like all the same color bin. I also go into a lot of homes where, you know, over the years, we've just been collecting this one, this one, this one, this one. And, you know, of course, 
budget constraints, you can't always just go get new bins, but there are a lot of great, less expensive options. Ikea has some of the cutest bins I've ever seen. Um, but if you just get nice big bins and put them in the cube system, put labels on them. The thing I did for this family is not only did I print the word or, you know, spell out the word, but I put a picture of each thing so that the little kids knew where they went. And it actually got them really excited. You know, there was like a little Barbie doll picture, little Duplo picture so that, you know, cause if, if it's a room full, like if it's a room for kids and their words that they can't spell, absolutely no way they're going to put them back. So there is also something really nice about the end of the day. If there's a mess on the ground, pulling out the baskets, throwing them in and putting them back, you know, yeah. and, and no, none of us want to do that. There's no magic trick to cleaning up though, right? It's just kind of like, right. what can we do to make it easier? So that's been really helpful in playrooms. And it sounds like there's a little bit of like work up front to get it organized, to get your bins yes. in order, to sort through and have, like you said, that system in place. I recently mm-hmm. did this um, in talking about all this mess and having these conversations yeah. on my Instagram page. I recently did like a purge where, and this is sort of in line with um, some kind of learning philosophies, like a more Montessori style or a more mm-hmm. Waldorf style playroom where you, I love those. Those are so Yeah, good. very streamlined, very simplistic. You usually have maybe one or two toys per kind of cube in the shelf. It's really stripped back. Yeah. All the access toys are in big bins in storage that you yes. don't see. And then you rotate the toys in and out. And so this is something that I recently did because everything was just piling up everywhere. And I just, I'm not going to get rid of all of the toys right now. I'm just rotating them out. So I put them in a big, big huge Tupperware or whatever Rubbermaid bin in the storage yeah. and streamlined the whole space. And it just feels so much more yes. calm. All the bins have their themes. The boys know where they go. They pull them out. If it's all over the floor, whatever goes right back in that bin. And it's yep. took some work to get it organized, but it feels so good and everything on the shelf right now. Yeah. And that's a really good point. So we do that a lot with books and toys. I call it a rotating toy or library book. Okay. Library, where, you know, kids are amazing. They're going to ask for it at some point. Like, Oh, I get reminded for sure. I get reminded. (laughs) And I've made that mistake. I'm like, I love the feeling of like purging stuff. And I've, it's bit me in the butt because all of a sudden this like little four-year-old will ask about the toy that grandma gave him two years ago, you know? And (laughs) of course. And um, so, you know, we actually have bins in our garage of some of the other favorite things, but to your point, I've never seen my kids play with all their toys at the same time. And usually when there's a lot of toys, they end up just dumping them all out and going outside. It's (laughs) overstimulating for them and their senses. And that's the whole idea, I think, around the way that a uh, Montessori kind of style playroom is laid out. Really streamlined and simple because the less that there is, the more engaged or the more ways they will use that toy and the more imaginative, creative play is, you know, brought out in them versus these overstimulating either spaces or overstimulating toys that do all the work of play for them, right? So um, I love that. I'm not great. Like, I'm still working at keeping it paired back because what will happen is we'll have a birthday influx, a whole bunch of toys, and then it, you know, have to reset the system again. Mm -hmm. But um, when we get it and it's in a routine, it feels great. And then once a month or once every couple months or whenever they remind you enough or whenever you have the energy, you rotate some of those toys out, right? Exactly. Exactly. And to your you touched on birthdays and stuff. So I get the question a lot of birthdays and Christmas or Hanukkah holidays. Right. You know, it's very overwhelming for us moms. Yeah. Like getting so much stuff and so it's much such yeah. a part of their joy. And like, we can't take that away from them. And not everybody is comfortable or willing to have a conversation with their mom or mother-in-law. Like, Hey mom, mother-in-law, like this is so sweet and I know where your heart's coming from and I love you but let's try to do more experiences or whatever and I yes my mom's language of love is giving like Mm -hmm. toys I mean she'll even come to my house sometimes she lives in Austin and she'll come out once a month and she will like she goes to the dollar store and just brings stuff right just stuff yes or like she'll bring the like bag of peanuts from Southwest. And I'm like, (laughs) like, she just 
loves giving stuff. And so I've like lovingly just said, mom, like you're the sweetest. And she is, but like, they want to see you, you know, they right. want to see you. And granted, that's not, I mean, she'll bring it every time. It's not birthdays and stuff, but, and it's, it's, that's a tricky conversation because people, it's, it's such a part of our culture and it's, it's really beautiful. It and if, if you're in the camp where you can't have those conversations, which is totally okay, what we do and what I've coached a lot of my clients on is the week before a birthday or holiday, go into the playroom or the bedroom with the kid, with your child and talk about like, you know, you're going to be getting some really great stuff. And like, let's go through the stuff that you've outgrown because some of it is like, my daughter doesn't want to play with like the fluffy toys anymore that are more for two-year-olds or so whether it's items that have outgrown or that they never play with. And 90% of the time when I show my kids stuff and I say, Oh, you know, I haven't noticed you playing with this for six months. I get, ah, it's my favorite toy. I know. <laughs> like, it's so <laughs> true. <laughs> like, oh. But what I talk to my kids about, and I don't go gangbusters, like crazy minimalist on my kids, like kids are natural precious hoarders like they love their collections they really are little <laughs> mini hoarders all the rocks and all the oh, things oh, like my it. one son keeps collecting every time he goes for a walk he collects a maple leaf Aww. and it's alive off you the tree Canadians. I know so stereotypical <laughs> he brings it in my house all nice and fresh Aww. and green and then it dries out and it crumbles in everywhere. The of course. I'm like, yeah. and your leaf is all over the floor. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's so, so, yeah, that's a really great I, idea. So scaling back before. Is, yeah. And what I just tell them is, and I'm planting seeds, right? They're not going to get it at a young age, but like, you know, you don't use this one. There is a kid that will love this toy. And my, my oldest is six and she's finally getting that. Cause you, you, you're met with like, no, this is, I don't want to share with anybody. This is my favorite thing in the world. But like, I think it's good to plant the seeds and you're not going to get them on board right away. But now my daughter will seriously go into her closet and be like, you can give this to somebody. And I love that. That's so awesome. We try to get rid of, we negotiate. So you'll, you all know your kids the best, like kind of what you can work with, but we have a donate bin before like holidays and birthdays because even if we give away five things, we're getting 10 things, right? You know, so. I love that. I love the idea of a donation. You know, and so I've, I've had a lot of projects where I go into homes and the, the mom says, just get rid of whatever you want. And I, I say, I think I can't um, because they're not my kids. I don't know what they know. And kids really do love their stuff and they're not adults. So I always have the mom, you know, go through once I've sorted everything into piles of categories, I have the mom go through and, you know, whatever they've outgrown or she knows that they probably have never seen, you know, she at her discretion can go to them or I like invite them like tonight, you know, when your kids come home, make it a process with them and involve them because, and I know Marie Kondo is really big on this, but if our kids see us thoughtfully and intentionally sorting out what, we love and should be in our home versus like what somebody else could love more. Mm-hmm. Like they'll catch on to that instead of it being like, I'm going to throw all your stuff away while you're at school, which there's no shame in that. I have done that before. And, <laughs> uh, and it just, I've learned that even with my own kids, like I want them to be part of the process and it's, it's an investment up front, but then they have ownership over it. And, I'm not saying in, involve your two or three-year-old necessarily in the whole thing because I can imagine <laughs> my three-year-old son, you know. Right. But, you know, I you could know see that with my, ages. like, three-and-a-half-year-old and my five-year-old. I could see them getting yeah. involved in that, especially, and I think you, like, brought up a really important point. If we're doing it before they know an influx of toys is coming Christmas time and birthdays and stuff like using those moments as time because they know they're making space for new things and exciting things. Right. And I like the idea of doing it together because one, it respects that, you know, these are their belongings in a way, like it it gives them that ownership over it. And two, you're modeling how you're making these decisions for them so that they're learning these skills themselves. So that, like you said, your daughter can say, here, mom, I'm, I'm over this. Mm -hmm. We can donate it. Someone else will love it more than me right now. Right. So I love that. I love that. The kids really quick. 
you know, yeah. last playroom project I did, she sent me a video. The mom sent me a video of like the reveal, like when her kids came home Yeah, and kids love like how clean it looks. And so not that they'll always do that. My daughter loves a mess room, but like, it's really fun to say like, this is, you know, like, let's keep this system going together. You know, they could take pride in it. Yeah. yeah. Mealtime with kids can be stressful, but with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals, it can be a lot easier. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. No worrying about ingredients and nutrition, no prep, no mess, and no cooking while wrangling toddlers. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or vegan and veggie. Also discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Factor can even be tailored to your schedule. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Take the stress out of meals with Factor. Head to factormeals.com slash momwell50 and use code momwell50 to get 50% off your first box. One of the most relentless mental loads is being the juggler of medical appointments. Researching doctors, reading reviews, making phone calls to book appointments, It's a lot of stress when you're already juggling so much invisible labor. That's what makes ZocDoc great for moms. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of highly rated in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. ZocDoc has doctors of all specialties, including therapists, psychiatrists, and psychologists with verified patient reviews so you can make sure they check all your boxes. You can find mental health providers who offer in-person appointments, virtual consults, or both, whatever works for you. The typical wait time to see a mental health provider booked on ZocDoc is just four days. Sometimes you can even book same-day appointments. Make juggling appointments easier with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash momwell and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated therapist, psychiatrist, or psychologist today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash momwell. ZocDoc dot com slash momwell. Want to get smarter about your health but feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction? We hear a lot about gut health, microbiomes, and other nutrition topics, but taking the time to research these is exhausting, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. The Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast makes it so much easier to get the information you need. With the help of world-leading scientists, the podcast gives you research-based information so you can make informed choices for yourself without pressure and guilt. People are loving Zoe Science and Nutrition. Listener Stephanie's Apple Review says the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast is a life-changing, science-based, myth-busting podcast. That's a must-listen for anyone who eats food and wants to understand how it affects their body. With the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast, you can join Stephanie and millions of others accessing quality information about their health. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. A question had come in, like, is there a way to organize toys that doesn't involve, like, having to go and get a bunch of bins? Because let's say we don't have the, although I was at Ikea this morning, guys, and I totally got a bunch of bins. I waited in line. It was insane because of COVID and restricted numbers. I was at Ikea, and I got bins for my Kallax or whatever it's called, shelf, Mm -hmm. for $5.99. So they were not insane. And then they had ones that were up to 20 bucks each bin or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I think there's an affordable way to do it. But do you have any other little tips or tricks or anything or bins just kind of like the go-to? I mean, bins are the go-to and they can be really inexpensive. But, you know, there also are toys that aren't going to go in a bin. Little kid toys can be so big. So it's creating a zone for them. So that saying a place for everything and everything in their its place, that doesn't mean it needs a perfect container, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that might not be doable for everybody. And I can't fit this like 
what are those called? Transformer man into a basket, right? <laughs> like some toys are huge. So just creating zones for them, because if you have a zone and you know where they go, even if they're not, you know, in a container, at least it has a home. Okay. Um, you can also go through your house. I mean, I've gone into my garage and found bins and containers that haven't been used or my husband's or um, there's plenty of ways to find things around your house to, for smaller things, especially, you know, and, and there's no shame in using Ziploc bags for art supplies, you know, mm -hmm. especially if they're, you have little kids and they're gonna within three months break every single crayon and pen. Like as long as things are contained and the things that are kind of messier aren't getting everywhere yeah. on the carpet. Um, and that's another huge question I get, especially with craft items, like how to keep that clean. And um, my biggest tip is keeping it out of reach. <laughs> like, you Fair know, enough. Like, yeah. Never give a friend glitter. You're not a friend if you give them glitter, <laughs> ever. <laughs> I don't think we've ever brought glitter into my home. I am working on tolerating mass glitter. I'm yeah. not there yet. Yeah, oh, it's not a thing. <laughs> my my, I swear my daughter came out of like my belly like shooting glitter like <laughs> I'm an all boy home and I mean I'm all for boys and glitter but they just are not into it at this yeah. point yeah but, yeah okay I love that yeah that's really helpful and I found like so like you said the big Ziploc bags I've done they're different Lego projects mm -hmm. and kept them in Ziploc bags just to keep all the pieces together yeah um yeah lots of different ways shoe boxes I don't know what it is about a shoe box that my kids love to keep things in like yeah. those boxes or like boot boxes and things like that so I'm sure that there are some yeah. sort of thrifty and creative ways yeah. that we can do it yeah um and, and I then make a list too I'm sure like if I scroll through my feed I'll make a list for yeah maybe yours. we can come up with a freebie yeah. after and see and we can circulate it that'd be that'd really be fun. fun okay totally. cool Okay. So toys, big one. Love that off yeah. the list. And I, like, I'm a sucker for, I have, I don't even know how many empty bins. It's like what I do with the bins <laughs> afterwards is the part that gets me. I have all the bins. The totally. bins aren't the problem for me. It's like, what the heck do I do with them? But okay. So another really big one, um, and maybe this is something that your, your clients say a lot too, is like the artwork and all yes. the paperwork and mm -hmm. school papers and things that mm -hmm. come with mm -hmm. kids. What the heck do we do with all that stuff? Especially, I feel like, especially when they're little, every day I get like four pieces of paper with like a line on them. You know? And it's like, heaven <laughs> forbid they see me put it in the recycle. No, like, mommy, how could you put it? Yeah. And, and then, so I do purge it all every once in a while or whatever. Yeah. But in the meantime, what would, like, what's a good strategy for where it can live and how we can maybe even, I don't know if you display it or what. That's such a great question. And uh, yes, every single mom asks me this and there's definitely a variety of like sentimentality, right? Like I have some moms who are like, I'm okay if you get rid of like all but one a year, you know, then I have moms that want every single piece. And I think it's really important to like honor that just because I veer more towards like the, like minimalism other people don't have to I want to respect that because it's their children's work you know and so create a system mm -hmm. and it needs to be a system in an area where you will get to it right away right when the backpacks come home and it doesn't you know not all of us have a beautiful you know paneled laundry room or mud room with the backpack cubbies like we just don't all have that but you know somewhere for me it's my like laundry room slash pantry. And I have a system with, I can even post it. Um, we have like a 1940s house. So we have like random weird, like little drawers, like <laughs> that don't fit things, except I found this one little pullout thing from container store. And I, every day when the kids come home, when school was in and let's like, yeah, go back in soon. <laughs> yeah, let's hope um, and pray. Yeah, <laughs> I would sit there with their backpacks and I would sort. Okay, this has a line on it. It it can go in the recycle and, or like something they worked on. You know, that's a cohesive flower or monster or bug or glitter collage. And I would put it in. I mean, Desi's three, and so he's doing that now. And Ella, my baby's not you know doing anything. And I would put it in their things, and then. For me, during the school year, 
once a month, I would go through that with them again and say, okay, keep your 10 favorite, like your 10 favorite. And there was some guidance in this, um, just because, you know, I have some that are my favorite, you know, too. So I would like, if she wanted to get rid of something that said like, I love mom, I'd be like, no, no, like I want proof. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so that was my system and a system that's worked for a lot of my clients Hmm. and the kids love reliving that. Like, oh my gosh, that was the day we did the science project and we got to draw the caterpillars, you know, and it's kind of fun, like reliving that with them. And it doesn't have to take long, truly 10 minutes max, but that 10 minutes once a month, or if you want to do it every eight weeks, will save you like, well, what it will save you is you shoving things in a closet or a drawer for two years because you don't want to deal with it. You know, then, you know, you have your choices. You can frame some of them. I love using for a lot of things, archive. I don't know if you guys have heard about archive. No, you, they send you a huge box and I'll, I can give all your viewers my Code yeah, what we'll do is code. we'll put this all yeah. in um, any of the resources and things we talk about today. We'll put it in the show notes Perfect. and the links so that yeah. everyone can find them. Yeah. So Archive is this amazing company where they send you a huge box. You put your child's art in it. You ship it to them. They take beautiful pictures of all of it and put it in a book. And oh. it's amazing. And so you have like your nice little library of your kid's art. That doesn't work for all things. My daughter last year made me a Mother's Day tea hat out of, you know, like a paper plate, which is like, it, I that can't even be photographed like. in a book. Like, <laughs> I'm going to keep that. That's the cutest thing ever. But right. for 90% of the items we keep, it gets put in a book. Nice. Yeah, you can flip through, see the memories, have the same experiences, and but not have it like love taking it over so much. Also, then it's like they pick up a book, look at their art instead of like, Whoa! you know, yes, and the glitter being everywhere again, glitter. I, and like sand and sugar and random things that are glued yeah, onto paper. And totally. I know, so you have like it's like a plastic organizer, different drawers for each child mm-hmm. each day when they're unloading their backpacks, yes. papers go right in there, and then yeah. it's a once a month. And I, I really do love like one thing I hear from mom so much is that all the things rest on my shoulders, all the load, all the weight, all the purging, Mm -hmm. all the organizing, right? And I really, really love and want to stress that we can do this with our kids and model it for our kids, Mm -hmm. right? And it's such a powerful thing to teach them and model for them that we may not have had modeled from our parents growing up Mm-hmm. These really practical skills that weren't taught to us, mm-hmm. but in us teaching them these things and doing it with them, they learn yeah. to do it for themselves. Yeah. yeah. And they, if it's like something enjoyable, right? Because we're, you know, all a little, a little bit self-centered at heart. Like they love looking at their own art stuff and touching their own toys. So it's like, it's their stuff. Like yeah. they want it. They want, even if they don't want to clean up, like don't use that word. You know, mm. let's look through your art. Let's keep your best, your ones. favorites. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that so much. And then what about like mail? Just like our adult paperwork oh. that just is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These are such timely questions because I think in the last three weeks, these have been like the projects I've worked on. <laughs> um, so I, what I do, and it's so funny, I'll get the mail like every three days because I just don't want to see it. <laughs> all the junk mail. One of the times a week I do it is like the night before the garbage truck comes and I go to my mailbox and then I walk straight to the recycling bin and just put it in there so that I limit what's coming into my house. And I think that's really important because if we grab the mail, when we have the backpacks on the baby on our hip, dump it with all their backpacks and lunches and sandy shoes, like it's just another thing. That, that piles up like next to the door it's or whatever. Heavy. Like, right? yeah, like it is. And I get why the rage comes, right? Like we have, we do like all these little things that we don't even like sometimes aren't even aware of like our responsibilities, like all those things pile up. And so if I can limit what's coming into my house, it really helps. And then I have a tray again, you kind of have to like know yourself and what's going to work for your family. There's no one size fits all. Like I definitely guide my clients to like, the systems that have worked before for myself and others. But for me, I have a tray and I put the mail, none of the junk mail, none of the stuff that doesn't look like 
it's for us, you know, I put it in the tray and then once a week and only once a week, I go through it and I stand by the recycling bin and I do it. And then I have a little sorter and I don't have my own office. We talked about this. Mm-hmm. So, um, and actually that's fine because I probably wouldn't with kids, with three little kids, I probably wouldn't like take the mail into my office to sort later. I think it would get lost in like an abyss mm-hmm. if I did that. So I have the tray like right where we keep our keys right underneath the drunk drawer. And then it's bills. Um, Oh, I I should, I have four things, bills to do, um, to send, I'll send you my list. I'm like, and this is in like one of those expandable, Mm -hmm. like accordion type of folder. Not even that once again, like if I have to open it, it's really (laughs) not going to happen with the baby on my hip. I love it. A little sorted tray. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And then like to file, to pay, to like respond, like if it's an RSVP. And then there's one other thing that I'm completely blanking on. And I'll, I'll take a picture for you guys and send it. But um, it that helps so much that, you know, then I know to pick up that one area, take it to the filing cabinet. That's really helpful. Yeah, it's really helpful because it's like, as soon as you open it, you have sorted it and you put it in right? Like you put it right into like the sorting. So when, cause what happens right now, like right now downstairs (laughs) in my kitchen, I have this stack of mail that's sitting there that all is just like a collective heap that needs to be sorted, which I will avoid until the end of time because who wants to sit there and sort all that paperwork. So I love that having an upright, like, and I've priced them on Amazon for like organizing our electronics. They're like 20 bucks or 25 bucks or whatever. And those upright and you just put your papers in them as you go Mm -hmm. so that it's, as you open it, it has a place. It's right there by your keys or on your wherever is easiest. And you usually plop your mail anyways. Love And It has to be immediate, right? Because anything that's not immediate piles up. And again, they feel the weight of it. And then like at the end of the night, I want to go watch Netflix with my husband. Of course. Or go straight to bed, you know, and not <laughs> yeah. a huge pile. And, you know, the, the mom that I met with two weeks ago, she said she had like a year's worth of mail. Like yeah. And bills. And she just like, it was the last thing she could think about with her, you know, like the sports schedule, school, everything, you know, she just was like, I can't yeah. do it. And so we created like a super streamlined system for her where it almost can't pile up now. It's right at the front door. Are there any other things that come to mind that you do daily little, like, oh, break them down. I'm so excited. The little daily things. Um, Let me pull up. I have like a little notes for, here it is. Yeah. yeah. So, and these are like so mom friendly. Actually, I think it was in Parents Magazine that they used some of these tips, but um, oh my gosh, like I feel like motherhood in general could like the word transition is like everything every week is a different transition so I for moms and myself have a transition bin and it's it's big and that it's kind of like whatever needs to go out of your house library books the t-shirt your daughter borrowed from a friend um Tupperware that you know you brought home from a friend um items that need to be repaired, like at the dry cleaner or somewhere. So it's anything that needs to leave your house. And I have that transition bin in the hall closet. And instead of things, all these things, that thing that needs to go back to the friend, that thing that needs to go back to school, library book, whatever, returns to Nordstrom's, like it's in that bin. And so it's not all over your house. Hmm. And then you set, you look at your calendar and you kind of make it a date for yourself. Like, okay, today Like whether, you know, my six month or three-year-old is in tow in the car, we're going to go distribute these. And so, cause I, I mean, I think we've all had places in our house where we walk in and there's just like piles of things that don't belong in our house, Mm -hmm. you know, and then we keep meaning to give back. And if you can have a bin for it, Hey, if you want it to be in there for a month or more, at least you know where all those things are going, which is out of your house, mm-hmm. you know? And that is like really calming that it doesn't have to be scattered around your house. And it's almost like creating like mental organizing boundaries. You set a date for it. You're going to do something with it. So it's not like haunting yeah. you at night. <laughs> which <laughs> is so I true. Like, or like anytime you go into a room, <laughs> it's like, oh shoot, I'm supposed to return that or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's all in the bin and your reminder is there. Yes. It's like in the bin. Yeah. Yes. 
And then for things in your house, and this is like a smaller little, could be a bowl, get a ceramic bowl in your house. You don't have to go buy a basket, but, it, or it can be like a cute wicker basket or something, but this is find a home bin. So this is what I call the in bin. Like you have your out going out of your house bin. This is the in bin. This is like, oh my gosh, like how does my daughter have a million scrunchies at six years old? You know, like it's like I'm, you know, picking up right before dinner. I have my little bin and I like just put things that need to go in other rooms, but I'm not going to go to every single room right now. You know, it's like my tweezers that are somehow in our living room. It's, you know, little things that belong in your house. But you as a mom who, whether you work, don't work, are nursing a baby, like you're just not going to do it right now. And you like give yourself a break, put it all in those, that bin and you'll put it away later. Again, it's like mental boundaries and it has a spot because one thing that like tends to overwhelm people and even myself is okay if like, because this is the thing, rage cleaning, right? Like, golly, like I just cleaned everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how did my kids find the tooth floss and it's all over the carpet? You know, like everything gets everywhere. And again, it like a lot of it gets put on us. And I don't know if I I won't go into the psychology of why, but like for me, I've had to come to like the acceptance of like, I like I appreciate and prioritize like cleanliness more than my husband. He, he's a very clean dude. He might even shower more than me, but like if something's out of place, it doesn't bother him. Yeah. It bothers me, you know, and, and that has been better for our marriage, like realizing it, that he's not being lazy, mm-hmm. you know, he, it, it doesn't bug him. Um, this was a and, big question that came up with the mess graphic, actually, like, why yeah. does it only seem to bother me as the mom and doesn't bug my partner or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually am having a psychologist and researcher on in a couple of weeks Ooh, who's going to talk about the awesome. psychology behind why these things are the way they are. I'm so, that. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a fun one. But yeah. yeah. But I hear you. It is something that, like, my husband is the same. Like, things mass will drive me crazy. Or I look around and I'm the one that constantly has the to-do list of, okay, mm-hmm. that lampshade is broken and I need to replace that. And oh, this and oh, that. And mm-hmm. and the house stuff is just not his priority or not his maybe strength in the same way that I might take it on as mine. Totally. But he also is, like, the best refiller in our house. He's, you know, he's got his own. So we've learned to divide and conquer and play to each other's strengths and organizing. Although I'm definitely not the greatest at it is something that is sort of my, my role to take on. And it's like, I think more enjoyable for a lot of us, like the outcome. It's like, Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So And I've also heard, sorry, the the bins you're talking about for different rooms. Another mom had mentioned an upstairs and downstairs bin. And this is something that I do a lot. Yes. Yes, because I have a playroom in the basement, but I also kind of have like a playroom on the main floor. And the toys just get like all mashed up between the two. Mm -hmm. So I'll have a bin that I collect all the little things that are supposed to go back downstairs. I don't want to go and find all their bins and redistribute them at the end of the day. But they all go into the downstairs bin. And then, you know, once a week or whenever we're playing and back and forth, I'll go while I'm down there with the kids and putter around and and fix the things away. It's almost like being a really good friend to yourself by having these systems. It's like, I'm like, and like turn the committee off, right? Like that little shitty committee in our heads. Like I I have my bin and I'm going to figure it out later. Like I don't need to do that right now. You know, I've Mm -hmm. had a busy enough day. I'm going to take care of it later. So I think those are like really nice systems to have to make it feel like we don't have to do everything right now. And even like, I mean, let's like have a little like experiment. Let's see what happens if we hand our husbands the final home pen, right? Like, where do you put all this stuff? (laughs) Yeah. Give them the downstairs bin here. Take this to the playroom and find all the homes for these things. (laughs) Totally. I love that. I really love the idea of giving the mess. Um, or the things that feel out of place in the room, a physical boundary so that we can disconnect from how that's weighing on our anxiety or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. I really love the concept of that. Like it has a home for now. It's in transition, but it'll make its way back. And Mm -hmm. and we feel like it's contained and and controlled, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, What should we tackle that's left? Like, I feel like 
clothing is a really big one. I know personally, well, for, I have the three boys Mm -hmm. and they are in all different sizes. And then I have to store the sizes in between and like cycle in and out because they're going to rotate through the sizes. Mm -hmm. So are there any um, like clothing hacks? And and maybe some of these same systems and principles apply to rotating clothing in and out. Yeah, totally. Yes. So for especially man, it's like you have a child that's under two, they grow so fast. Mm -hmm. And how many of us look in the closet and there's an item that has a tag on it? that they never wore. Totally. And so again, creating a system that works for you where you're very clear of where the sizes are. And then it, it still applies to older kids too. Like knowing what you have. And then with older kids, it becomes more like seasonal, like knowing where the warm weather versus cold weather clothes are. But regardless of how old your kids are, because whether it's they've outgrown it or especially with like boys, like the knees are blown out of the pant. Totally. Totally. You, know, you once again, like want to make it simple for you because that's like a huge principle is to keep any system um, working. It, it has to be like easy to maintain. And so for busy, busy moms, that means like easy and in front of you. And so in any like new baby's room or a little kid's room, I always suggest putting, and I feel like a broken record when I say basket or bin, I'm like the basket or bin lady, but no, I love it. A little basket or bin or laundry hamper that you've had, like no way telling you to go get new baskets or bins. Um, no, you know, one thing actually that just came to my mind that I always use, especially for this purpose, diaper boxes are like a really great Amazon boxes cheap yeah Amazon all your delivery boxes are a really cheap option well I like the diaper boxes especially because they have the little like handles on the side so especially as my youngest is growing out of things and I don't want to like give my bins away to people I throw that like all that 2T stuff into a diaper box and it's ready to like you know hand off to a friend or whatever and that's what I use so we get an honest diaper shipment every month I put the honest diaper box at the bottom of the closet and I like toss things in there as I'm like every day putting clothes on Joss. I'm like, that's too small. That has an early stain. That has a rip or, you know what I mean? Or I want to give this to my sister-in-law and I put it in there. And then, you know, the next time the honest diaper box ships, I go into that one and we have a detached garage. And so that makes it even more that like, I don't want to go do things in that moment, but then I'll go put things in like the keepsake bin, like that little sweater that Grammy gave Joss, you know, like, or donate, you know? And so making sure, because you're not going to use what you have, if it's so cluttered with things that are outgrown, you're going to miss that like adorable Easter outfit that, you know, your cousin gave you or whatever. And so being able to kind of just in the moment, like at your feet, there's a box to throw things in. And then knowing that, you know, next time um, your am- next Amazon box comes or whatever, or whatever yeah. it is, like, you know, at the one month, she's nine months today. Okay, let's go figure this out. Like, let's go where, like, and that's kind of fun. Like, I always like looking at the next size up of clothes. I also get kind of emotional. I'm like, oh, I know. You're my I baby. Know. You're getting so big. <laughs> um, but that's great. And then, you know, as far as closets, my two older kids share a closet and we have a this was house. another question that came in, like space. these shared spaces. Yeah. Yes. Shared spaces. So utilize, utilize wall space, utilize back a door space. Like I, I love that I have a small house with five people in it because when people tell me like, and they probably assume I have a big house with like built in organizing. Like, no, I create all my organizing systems in our small 1940s house that is super cute, but I have to make everything work and we feel crammed sometimes. And so like I've learned like the back of a door, you can do so many things with the back of a door. Um, A wall hooks, you know, hooks. Then um, Ikea makes these really cute baskets with like a little leather. I don't think it's real leather, like fake leather hook. And I keep baskets on the wall where like socks and underwear are. You know, because they all their stuff doesn't fit into one dresser. Like there's lots of stuff. Um, for my baby Joss, we have like an upright, really cute uh, wardrobe rack that was maybe sixty dollars, and it's 
so cute. And I keep all the stuff that she fits into right then. Cause right. Like every three months she fits into a different size. So all that is in like the tiny little closet where we keep a lot of other stuff, all my husband's guitar stuff, right? Keep all her size that she's currently in on that little wardrobe rack. And that's like vertical storage space right there. Like that I wouldn't have had it in my closet. She does not have a dresser or a changing table. Like that's the third kid for you. I change her every day on the ground. So like we, you know, yeah. make the space you have work. Um, yeah. Four closets that you don't, well, one thing I'll say is get creative with hiring a handyman. If you feel like you don't have a lot of closet space or shelf space, it's amazing what hiring a handyman for $50 worth of work to put in new shelves. Like we mm. have done that. Like mind blowing, right? Yeah. That's the thing that I would say, cause our strong suit, my husband and I, we are not handy. We <laughs> yeah. are not like, I don't even own a drill. So anything that it needs like an insult on the wall, I'm either calling like my stepdad for, or, you know, we need to bring somebody in for. So we're just not good at it. But yeah. I know that I could make use of a lot more. And we are totally. five of us, family five in a small, yes. tiny town home, right? Totally. So I'm sure, I'm so sure that there are different ways that having walked through Ikea today and got a bunch of ideas, um, <laughs> there are lots of things that I could be doing had yeah. I, you know, installed things on the wall or had more vertical storage or things like that. And so it is, it's amazing. We did that during um, shelter in place. My husband installed some like new shelves and it gave us so much more storage space where before I was kind of looking at this closet being like, I can't do anything with it. Like, yeah. bam, three new shelves, everything is off the ground. Like, yeah. and that feels really good. And so, in you know, in a kid's closet, that's so much more space for shoes. Or, like, it's okay to have clothes folded on a shelf. Like, you don't need perfect bins. Also, for, like, sometimes with kids' stuff, if you put them in things, they'll get lost in there. So, with, like, some of my son's, like, shirts and pants, they're just folded on a shelf, and then I can see them, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't mm-hmm. have tons of hanging space. Um, another thing you do is, you know, the um, Oh, yes, that's a really great idea. More of those. We have that, we have three, you know, because little kids stuff is short. Right. Hang new rods, get, re- like, recycle them or donate them afterwards when your kids love are bigger, that. You know? So there's lots of ways you can use the space in a I love small that. closet that it, you know, even if it's not there right now and you don't have to be handy. Like, yeah, we actually have, so we have the in the baby's, the baby's room, we have, um, it's like a big, it's a big closet, but it doesn't have, has like one shelf on the top and it's just a big open closet. Mm-hmm. So we actually have the change table and all the diaper stuff yes. inside the closet right yes. now to give more just like space in totally. the room. And then once he's out of there, then we'll have a bunch more closet space to like rejig and organize. And hopefully we can start to distribute some of the toys into each other rooms after instead of in like the collective space as you know, we get rid of some of the baby items or whatever. But mm-hmm. I love that. And it's encouraging to hear you say that you're a family of five in a smaller home and that you can make the space work because I'm just like, how are we gonna survive yeah. in this little house? I mean, we're very privileged and fortunate to have our house, totally. I know, but but I, it just and I do that too. I'm like, you know what? I have to go like New York mentality. I could have like a tiny apartment of five kids, which like people do. Totally. And, like, and okay, they make good. it work. So there has to be a way. There has <laughs> yeah. to be a way to make it work. Right. Totally. So I love, I love that. Oh, this has been so amazing. And I feel like I've learned some really practical little tips that I'm going to start right away. Oh yeah. Like I love even the box in the room. Like you said, if you know you have a box to just like chuck things in as you realize, oh, they're out of the size or whatever to make it, it has to be a part of our routine as moms and so accessible for us to do right in that moment or else it's just going to pile up in a heap and we're not going to have these chunks of time like before we were moms to be able to do it. So I so appreciate those, those tips and tricks. So thank you. Thank you so much. Of course. Wasn't that so great? I just want to thank Holly again so much for joining us and sharing those practical tips. And I wanted to share with you guys where you can find Holly online. I actually found her through her beautiful Instagram page, which is breathing.room.organization on Instagram, or you can find her on her website, which is breathingrm.org. Thanks again, Holly. Wishing you all a wonderful week. Continue on being imperfectly perfect. We'll see you next episode. 
I can't even begin to tell you how happy and honored I am that you choose to spend your time here with me each week. If you're looking for the resources and things that were discussed in today's show, you can find them in the show notes, which is linked in the episode description. Or you can head directly to happyasamother.co slash podcast and find all of the show notes there. If you're looking for support and connection with other moms, you can head over to facebook.com slash groups slash happyasamother and join our Facebook community. This community is filled with women just like you and I who want to support and uplift one another through our postpartum journey. And until next episode, Mama, I want you to know, keep showing up. You're doing a great job. Settling is not an option for me. Everything I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? Because every day is for the girls. Hello, hello. Welcome to For the Girls podcast, hosted by Victoria Alario, For the Girls Who Want More. Listening to For the Girls will have you ready to raise the bar, stop settling for the bare minimum, and start believing you can have it all and step into the 2.0 version of you. You can catch a new episode of For the Girls every Monday across all podcast platforms. Until next time, girls.